1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Tick Pick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name, of course, is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the fine folks at Blue Wire. And unfortunately, not joining me tonight is KP Kyle Posey, who, frustratingly enough, was told by his employer, who will remain unnamed, you can do your own digging, that he is not allowed to work for anybody but them. So KP was viciously and ruthlessly ripped away from us, And it's back to me. So after about three years of Striking Gold with Rob Lauder and Eric Crocker, and then for a brief moment of KP, we've now gone through two co-hosts in a matter of about two to three months after about three years of of, uh, the same old faces every episode. So it's been an interesting time as of late on Striking Gold, but I will tell you one thing that has remained consistent and that is still here is me tooting my own whistle, blow my own horn, whatever you want to call it. I'm a consistent son of a gun. And here I still am. Now, I don't know when we're going to get another co-host in here. We'll see. I'm setting some, uh, I'm sending some carrier pigeons out there to, uh, to spread the word, but, and maybe this is one of my own personal flaws, or maybe it's a good thing. There's not really many, that many people that I want to talk 49ers football with. And when it comes to a co-host type of thing. I absolutely loved our Spotify green room sessions, you know, where we get to talk to the fans and get to hear from them, get to interact with them. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm not that self-centered. But when it comes to talking ball, almost every day, recording these podcasts. It has to be somebody that I jive with, you know, that I really kind of feel a connection with. Somebody that I just and and I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but really the vibe of this podcast has always been two guys sitting down talking football, not completely unscripted, but just our thoughts. And and I don't want it to sound like a newscast or, or anything, you know, that's just too rigid. So. When it comes to picking up uh, picking up another co-host, we'll see how it goes. Um, like I said, very picky, if only to protect kind of the way this podcast has always been. I hope you guys think of that as a good thing. Um, I know sometimes it could get a little funny or a little weird um, or a little, I mean, I guess you could say unprofessional. Um, but to me, that's always been one of the good things about Striking Gold is that it's, it's it's just a couple of friends talking football, talking Niners, and I hope you guys appreciate that. So we'll see when another co-host rolls around. Um, like I said, I'm not necessarily in a rush um, because can't rush good things, can't rush magic, can't rush striking gold. But anyways, enough of that madness. But for those, but I, I will say for those of you that have stuck with me and stuck with striking gold, with Crocker and with KP. I appreciate you. It's been a long time. Some of you guys have probably been listening since we first transitioned over from the Kevin Jones podcast to striking and gold. And I cannot thank you enough. Um, it's not going anywhere. Even if it's just me for a while, you're still going to get me. Same old Ray Romano, Kermit the Frog hybrid. That's what y'all are going to get. That's what you're here for. If you aren't here for me, press pause, close out, press the X whatever you do on whatever your device you're on. But y'all know what I'm saying. But, Lay, let's keep it positive. Let's talk about 49ers injuries, right? Let's let's just keep it rolling. Might as well get it all out of the way right in the start so we can just continue without our business. Um, I guess on the positive side of the injury coin is Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, and running back Trace and Sermon were all limited today. Obviously, Kinlaw is still dealing with a knee. It seems like it's going to be more of a long-term thing, and I'm not saying that he's going to miss significant time, but his knees were a concern coming out of college. Uh, you always hear those rumors about teams that didn't even have him on their draft board because of the knees. Um, so I have a feeling those knees will probably be a consistent – something we hear about consistently throughout Javon Kinlaw's career. Um but we'll see. I don't. I don't get the impression. I haven't heard anything from Kyle Shanahan since that he he came out of that game against the Eagles feeling worse. Uh, he said after the press conference that he felt pretty great. Obviously, he was able to jump very high and block one of those field goal attempts. So it's working to an extent. We just we got to see how how consistent it stays. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley's been dealing with a knee injury. He is. I know. I've seen videos of him working out on the side of the field. Kyle Shanahan said he's holding out hope for him to be able to play on Sunday evening against the Packers. We'll see. Um, It would be nice to have him out there. I'm assuming, and I probably shouldn't assume this, but what I was going to say is I would assume he would replace Josh Norman and Diamondor Lenore would remain out there. But I really don't know they'd like Josh Norman to stay out there and Emmanuel Mosley steps in or Emmanuel Mosley's healthy and doesn't step in at all because Josh Norman outside of a couple ticky tack pass interference calls was pretty solid against the Eagles and Diamador Lenore has been solid as well. So I, I don't know if they want to mess that up. Uh, we'll see what kind of role Emmanuel Mosley has when his knee, you know, permits him. Trey Sermon rookie running back. He got one carry against the Eagles folks. You probably saw it. He picked up a first down, got hit in the right temple, then on his way down, hit in the left temple. His face went, he went head first into the turf, fumbled the football. Um, and it was, I mean, thankfully for the turnover, it was wiped out. But obviously, unfortunately, because. Javon Kinlaw suffered what would, what were arguably two illegal hits in a matter of a split second. So he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did say that he was in a blue jersey today, just non contact, probably took part in limited or uh, individual drills. He's limited. Um, sounds like he might have a chance to play. You just never know with concussion protocol stuff. You never know how it's going to unfold. Um, they just, they vary. Everybody's brain's different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody's concussions are different. They can just vary wildly. We've seen players miss multiple weeks with concussions, and we've seen players clear the concussion protocol in a matter of a couple of days. So uh, we'll see where Trey Sermon falls in that regard. Um, not playing on Sunday evening evening is Kevin Givens, who's out with a high ankle sprain, as is running back Jermichael Hasty excuse me, defensive lineman, Kevin Givens. I just don't want to automatically assume you guys know what position everybody plays. So defensive lineman, Kevin Givens, he's out with a high ankle sprain as is running back to Michael Hasty. Both of them are expected to go on IR soon. Um, Elijah Mitchell running back. Elijah Mitchell isn't practicing Um, at first Kyle Shanahan kind of said he thought it was a shoulder stinger that he suffered against the Eagles. But Shanahan said today that they think it's a little worse than that. They didn't go into any more detail. Uh, he's holding out hope that he plays too. Uh funny question. I'm not sure who asked it. I wish I knew. Um, but Kyle Shanahan didn't rule out the return of the inconvenient truth, Frank Gore, who is a free agent right now. Kyle Shanahan essentially said he would never rule out Frank Gore doing anything because as we all know, he's just the ageless wonder. And he is, it would not surprise me if he came back to a team whether it's the 49ers or elsewhere And still look solid Despite the you know the extended time off But Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan essentially said Look we've got guys that we think We can play there right now um, We haven't gotten to that point Haven't gotten that desperate essentially um, But he wouldn't rule it out Because he knows just like everybody else knows Just how different Frank Gore is Wouldn't expect it I would be very surprised if the 49ers Ended up turning to Frank Gore But hey we can always, I mean, I guess you could say dream because just seeing Frank Gore in a 49ers uniform again running the football would be something else. Whether how realistic that is or not, still cool to think about. Still cool to think about. Um, some other running back updates. The 49ers signed Jacquez Ro- uh, Patrick, almost said Rogers, um, off the Bengals practice squad. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect from Patrick. Uh, I mean, he was he was solid at Florida State. He averaged 4.9 yards of carry on 366 attempts. Um, played for them all four years. Uh, his most recent action was, for the most part, on the Tampa Bay Vipers in the XFL, and he carried the ball 60 times for 254 yards, and he scored twice. So. Uh, he's got a few catches in there as well. I'm not exact. He's a, The big thing with him is he's a big dude. He's 6'3 and 234 pounds at running back. I mean, that's like the size of Fred Warner. So I, I don't exactly know what Kyle Shanahan and the crew saw in him. There is a whole section of the Ford ers scouting department that only worries about NFL rosters and free agents and players on other teams so that if they need ever needed to make a trade, if they ever needed to do like they just did and pick up somebody from the practice squad, there's a whole section of the 49ers scouting department that worries about just players on other teams. So that's how they found Patrick and whatever I don't, I'm not sure exactly what they liked about him. Kyle Shanahan kind of talked about it a little, uh, a little bit, but didn't mention much specifically other than kind of like his size and his speed. Uh, and trying to find somebody that can replicate what Raheem Mostert gave to this offense. Because Kyle Shanahan even said it himself that they've kind of written the story of this offense for the 2021 season was kind of tailored towards Mostert's skill set, and we'll see. Obviously, the 49ers are having to do a ton of scrambling right now at running back. They also signed Chris Thompson formerly of the Jaguars and the Washington football team. Um, He's an interesting player. I like, I actually liked Chris Thompson. Uh, My biggest relation to him, I guess you could say was through a fantasy football perspective because I play in a PPR league, which is points per reception. And Thompson was a receiving machine um, in Washington. He had, Uh, You know, during his career there, he had 1,200 yards, five touchdowns on 257 carries. But he, I mean, more impressively, he caught 232 passes for just a little under 2,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. So he's an impressive back when it comes to you know, being a threat out of the backfield. Obviously, he seems like more of a threat out of the backfield than he is between the tackles, but he's been signed to the practice squad. We'll see if he ends up on the active roster. We're not sure. Um former Lions running back carry on Johnson is also on the 49ers practice squad, so we'll see what a what happens with him. They also signed defensive lineman Eddie Yarbrough, who spent some time on the team this off-season and they released poor one out for our boy Jordan Matthews. Who has been signed and released by the 49ers, newly converted tight end, former wide receiver? Um, He's been signed and released. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to exaggerate when I say maybe if you're including signs, signings, and releases, maybe 10 times, 12 times. So shout out to Jordan Matthews for just sticking around, being a likable guy. Something tells me this is not the last time. They probably told him to stick around. Don't leave town. So we'll see. We'll see. But Jordan Matthews has, uh, was uh, was let go of to make room for the addition of Chris Thompson and Eddie Yarbrough. On a more positive note that doesn't revolve around injuries or compensating for someone's injuries is, R is something along those lines of grammatic. Yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. Our good old Mitch Wish, Mitch Wishnowski, the 49ers' fabled fourth-round punter, has been awarded the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He had a pretty impressive game. Not that you want to be punting all that months, because that that means the offense is no longer on the field, but he did have a very impressive game against the Eagles. He averaged over 45 yards a punt, which is very good, and I believe that includes the return um, he put three inside the Eagles' 20-yard line. One of them was downed at the three and the ball landed at the one. And I think the other was downed around the seven after a bad backwards bounce. So the dude was just dropping them inside the 10-yard line, inside the five-yard line, like it was no big deal. So good old Mitch Wish. Congrats to him. A little bit of positivity. You know, you just, you love to see it. You love to see it. And considering the 49ers were... I believe one of the worst special teams units in the NFL last year. I think a little bit of love being sprinkled on that unit would would do wonders. And hopefully that is something that we can come to, uh, come to expect, something that becomes more frequent as we go on, uh, because you just want to see that unit improve. And it's a huge part of the game. I mean, how many times have you seen a kick returner, take it out of the end zone only to get to like the 15 yard line. How many times have you seen a punt returner run backwards? How many times have you seen, you know, a punt roll into the end zone and immediately give the, the ball to the other team on the 25 or a punt that was poorly covered, the opposing team, you know, there's there so many different elements of special teams that drastically change the game. And when you're talking about maybe like a game winning drive or drive before the end of the half, Um, if that punt returner gets too much of a chance and takes it to like the 40, then you're talking about, especially when you're talking about a field goal, the offense might only need to go like 30 yards before they can can take a shot at the goalpost. So special teams, I know y'all are smart listeners. You don't need me to tell you, but just remember that's where Raheem Mostert got, that's where Raheem Mostert came from. He was an absolute special teams demon as a gunner. And then eventually he got his shot as a running back and it was lights out from there. As far as his talent goes, obviously still struggling with injuries. Shout out to Raheem. Hopefully he comes back stronger, but uh, you know, the importance of special teams is just, you don't need me to tell you, you don't need me to tell you. So um, we are obviously going to turn our attention now towards the Packers because that is who the 49ers are playing this week. Y'all know this Sunday evening, prime time at levi's stadium the home opener it's gonna be unreal uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the packers here in a little bit let's get in a quick word from our sponsors obviously like we said at the beginning of the episode we have tick pick the nfl is finally back 49ers football it's finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of your NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another site, Tickpick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. Like I just said, guys, we've got 49ers football at Levi Stadium with fans coming up in just a few days. So make sure you get on tickpick.com/slash gold ten. That's G-O-L-D 10 today. And use the promo code Gold10 G O L D 10 to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. Now, correcting myself midway through here, try slash gold first on the address without the 10. I believe it's just the promo code that's gold, gold 10, but something tells me you'll be able to figure it out. So promo code, promo code for once you get in there and you find your tickets is gold10 G O L D 10. And will get yourself $10 off. All right, don't miss out on that game. Y'all know it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. I was there for the NFC Championship game against the Packers, um, which was conveniently the last game without fans, with fans, excuse me. And it was absolutely nuts. Like all the to- old talk about Levi Stadium not producing any kind of a home field advantage, it was uh, it was thrown to the wayside. I mean, obviously winning helps.
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: Fall guy. That's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
1: All right. So let's talk about the Packers. Let's talk about the Packers. I feel like 49ers fans don't need to be told about the Packers. It's almost like they've become a divisional rival at this point. The 49ers have played them so many times over the past few years. For the most part, as of recently, it's all gone the 49ers way. The only time that the Packers have beat the 49ers in the last couple of years was when Jimmy Garoppolo was injured and Nick Mullins was in there. Last year, the Packers beat the 49ers 34 to 17 um but the year before that when the 49ers were on the up and up and for the most part a healthy football team the 49ers beat the packers 37 to 8 in the regular season and then 37 to 20 in the NFC championship game so those two game those two games were not close and those were the that was the last time where the 49ers and the packers both kind of felt like they were a respectable incarnation of themselves you know, a respectable version of themselves. Whereas, you know, but I, I don't want to get too far ahead of, of, of myself saying that because the 49ers obviously right now have their fair share of injuries. Um Raheem Mostert, who was absolutely electric against the Packers in the NFC championship game is obviously out for the season and the Packers have their fair share of injuries. Zadarius Smith, their stud pass rusher is on injured reserve. Uh, David Bakhtiari, the the Packers' um, absolute Pro Bowl All Pro left tackle, protecting Aaron Rodgers, is on the pup list. So, and those are two huge pieces. If you're talking about like cornerstone pieces for the Packers, you would obviously start with Aaron Rodgers. Then, depending on I guess your philosophy, you could go Devontae Adams. Which I think is fair. He's in many opinions, including my own, the best receiver in the NFL. At the very least, top three. And then you've got David Bakhtiari. And then you've got Zadarius Smith. And I guess maybe Aaron Jones would be the the next one to follow. So they still have a deep you know, the majority of their core players. And we're talking absolute core. Like, you know, Robert Tanyan, their tight end, good player, not a core player. Those kind of like five players are like the the essence of Green Bay. At least that's how I feel. And there may be some others that kind of fit in there that I don't know as well as like a if, you know, if a Green Bay fan were here, you know what? I'm wrong. Jari Alexander, their corner, absolute stud. If Eric Crocker were here, he would slap me upside the face. Um, he's one of the – uh the best corners in the NFL legitimately. So I, I, he's a cornerstone player as well. Uh, and that's at such a hard position to play. So, you know, the, the Packers still have plenty of talent just because they don't have Zadaria Smith or David Bakhtiari does not mean that they're somehow limping into Levi stadium. You go check out the box score for, I'm sure many of you watched the Detroit Lions game versus the Packers on Monday night football earlier this week. It was a – I mean, they went into the halftime looking like a good game. I think the Lions were leading 17-14. The whole world was wondering if that dude was going to win his bet. I wish I would have pulled that up before the podcast. Um, A guy had done this massive parlay bet with like 10 to 15 different games and had hit on all of them except for the Lions to beat the Packers. And if they did, he would have turned $25 into like 700 and something thousand. So six digits, and they did not, obviously. So I'm sure that guy's having a rough week. But at the same time, he's only down $25, but he was staring over $700,000 in the face, and it didn't happen. Um, but I don't think anybody really expected the Lions to beat the Packers. So, But, you know, you had that first Packers matchup against the Saints, and everybody was like, man, is are the Packers done? Is that it? They got absolutely deposited to the wayside, cast aside by the Saints. Aaron Rodgers was essentially benched for Jordan Love. I mean, he wasn't really benched. It was just basically the, there was no point to him being out there anymore. And he, But he wasn't good. So everybody was like, well, are the, is Aaron Rodgers done? Is he torpedoing the team? Are, 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 these not, are we not going to see the Packers? We're used to seeing after this. And obviously they went and changed that against the Lions or at least reversed course a little bit. Um, they were really, really, really good. Aaron Rodgers himself was 22 of 27. That's eight, over 80%, 81, over 81% completion percentage, which is absurd, 255 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, three of them were to running back Aaron Jones. And before I forget to talk about this, I get a story for you guys. Not a very good story, not a very long story. But um, when I was in the active duty portion of my military career, where that's what I did every day, I would go, I was stationed in Fort Bliss, Texas, which is in El Paso, and I would go watch UTEP games fairly frequently, University of Texas, El Paso. And during my last year in El Paso, there was a young freshman running back named Aaron Jones. And I remember watching him in that stadium, texting my dad saying, Hey, we We, you know, just nothing extensive. Just saying, hey, keep an eye on this Aaron Jones guy. He's good. He's going to get drafted. I think that's about all I said. So I'm not seriously patting myself on the back for identifying Aaron Jones before the rest of the world. It's not what I'm doing. But I remember just vividly remember texting my dad saying, hey, I was watching him at the game. I was like, hey, keep an eye on this Aaron Jones guy. Seems really good. Probably going to get drafted. And he was at UTEP for four years, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Finished his UTEP career with 200, No, I mean, in his last season, 229 carries for 1,773 yards and 17 touchdowns. He also had 28 catches for 233 yards and three touchdowns. So finished on a massive high note. Um, Also had a really good 2014 season. I think he missed most of the 2015 season. But it's just been cool. I'm I'm in in no way, like, you know, not necessarily a fan by any stretch of the imagination. But it's been cool to watch Aaron Jones, you know, develop into the Packers' leading guy. They gave him a huge contract this offseason. And now he's their guy. And he put on a show against... Uh, the Lions. I mean, rushing wasn't all that impressive. 17 carries for 67 yards. That's just under four yards a carry. Did score on the ground as well. So we had a total of four touchdowns in that game. And the one thing I remember specifically about the 49ers playing the Packers in the NFC Championship game was the Packers could not get the run going against the 49ers. And As much as you don't want to say just put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands because he's so damn good, that is what the 49ers need to do is they need to ensure that the Packers just can't get a run game going. Aaron uh, Aaron Jones is not a huge part of the factor. And then it kind of becomes a one-dimensional game. Now, you still have the task of covering Devontae Adams, who caught eight of his nine targets for 121 yards against the Lions. It's not necessarily that you want to give him any more chances than he needs, but you just want to force the Packers into being a one-dimensional football team because if you can get it to where they're throwing, you can get it to where you can truly tee off with your pass rush. D. Ford, Samson Abukam, Nick Boksa, of course, who was absolutely outstanding against uh, the Eagles. He had three total tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. So the more you can force the Packers into a throwing type of game, the more you can allow that pass rush to tee off. Now, this is obviously a different story because the 49ers um, aren't nearly at set at corner um, as they would like to be. So do you want them throwing against this secondary more often? I don't know. You know, that kind of makes me hesitate a little bit. But at the same time, you know the absolute strength of the 49ers defense is their pass rush. So the more you can put them in a position to affect the game, I feel like the more, um, the better it's going to turn out for the 49ers that along with Raheem's performance was one of the things I remember vividly in the NFC championship game was just how often the 49ers pass rush, uh, namely Nick Bosa was forcing Aaron Rodgers off his spot, making him uncomfortable, making him make, you know, speeding up his clock, making him make quicker decisions than he wants to. And, you know, he's still very light on his feet. Aaron Rodgers can still get up and move, but if you can force him out of the pocket and get him a little uncomfortable, I would assume your odds of success go way, way, way up. So um hopefully we see a 49ers team that just seems a little more It's the best way of me saying this. A little more cohesive. You know, what we saw against the Eagles, the 49ers only managed 17 points. Um, and then, obviously, we saw a great offense against the Lions, but that everything kind of on both sides of the ball kind of crumbled there towards the end of the game. So I want to see a 49ers team that just seems a little more cohesive. I would like to see brandon Ayuk getting and get involved we know debo Samuel's got what it takes he's leading the nfl right now in receiving yards with i think 283 286 280s 280 for sure uh i know he's only three or four yards ahead of the next person which i think is tyler lockett if i'm not mistaken so i would like to see brandon Ayuk get involved Jimmy Garoppolo was asked about him earlier today. He didn't really say that there was necessarily anything wrong with Brandon Ayuk. And he basically said, if you see what he does at practice, you would understand that nothing's wrong. But at the same time, he's just done next to nothing Uh, against the Eagles. He only got two targets and he caught one of them, which was for a first down. And that was it, you know, and you're comparing that to the, the eight targets and six catches for 93 yards for Debo Samuel. And, you know, a very similarly successful game against the Lions before that. And the disparity is just immense. Even George Kittle, it seems like, is not getting involved as much as we thought he would. He only had four catches for 17 yards against the Eagles. Now, I do think the Eagles' defense is much better than the Packers. The Eagles have a much better defensive front that was forcing the 49ers to speed up what they did uh, which is why you saw saw a lot of those short passes i believe the average depth of target for Jimmy Garoppolo in that game was less than 5 yards so it, it was a very weird game in that regard and it's not it's a it's a kind of something that the packers aren't going to be able to replicate in the way the eagles did but you still want to just see the 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 wide berth of 49ers weapons get involved because i mean if you watched uh, the Last Dance with Michael Jordan, one of the great quotes in that series was um, Michael Jordan being told, hey, we're we're not going to make you the focus of this offense, at least not nearly as much as you have been, because when one person is the focus of the offense, it's very easy to generate a game plan for that. And right now, Debo Samuel is kind of nearing that territory. Uh, the 49ers aren't seeing a lot of success on the ground. Um, they are, but at the same time, I mean, the only average just a little over three yards of carry against the Eagles. They've got a lot of injuries at running back. You know they're probably going to throw the ball a little bit more than they're used to, and it needs to get spread around. Otherwise, the defense is going to start to hone in on Debo Samuel, and it just can't be that way. Now, obviously, George, there's nothing wrong with George Kittle. Would the 49ers have any problem turning him into a more frequent target? Absolutely not, and there's nothing wrong with George. He's not struggling. It's just kind of a game plan specific. And you want to see Brandon Ayuk, who I thought was would be the unquestionable number one receiver going into this season, get more involved. Um, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors or if there's anything else that needs to be taken into account, but you just know that Aaron Jones needs to get Aaron Jones. Brandon Ayuk needs to get more involved. Okay. You just know it. Um. So, I mean, as far as the Packers go, to me, you kind of have that, on offense, you have that three-headed beast of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. And to me, once you take one of them away, I'm not really referring to Aaron Rodgers there, then you start kind of affecting the other. If they can stifle the run, then the 49ers can just point a little bit more of their focus on Devontae Adams and get after Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be an interesting to see how much the 49ers can maintain that dominance they've had over the Packers as of late. Uh because like I said when the two teams kind of seemed as close to their best as you can get, the 49ers kind of had the Packers number. Not kind of, they did. You know, that NFC Championship game was not close. It wasn't at all. So We'll see how much that kind of replicates into this season. I think the Packers are just as good as they have been, despite kind of the, what the beginning of the season told us. And I think the 49ers still need to prove themselves. They, all, they, you know, they almost allowed a inferior Lions team to make a comeback in week one, and then they just kind of barely topped, topped the Eagles. And I think the Eagles are going to be a respectable football team this year, but they just barely squeaked by them. And, yes, both of those games were on the road. Is the 49ers team going to be a little flat when they come out, you know, for their first home game after two straight weeks of being on the road and they never came home during any of that stretch too. So they stayed in Greenbrier, Greenbrier. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I, I, it's hard to put, get a grasp. I'm kind of like squeezing my hand as I say that it's hard to get a grasp on this game and what it's going to look like. Um, if you would have asked me at the start of the season, I said it would probably look very similar to the last times the 49ers have played the Packers when everybody was healthy. But now 49ers have taken some injuries. They've lost the majority of their backfield. Uh the Packers have some injuries as well. We don't really, you know, we've seen a, you know, a a yin and yang from them as far as the football team we're expecting. I don't know. I don't know. As far as the 49ers go, you know, one thing I gotta mention before I get out of here is go on to Twitter. If you have a Twitter, go on to Twitter. Let me click on my Twitter here a little bit. Um, let me click on my Twitter, and you have to look at the highlight reel that Brandon Thorne, love Brandon Thorne, offensive line guy, super knowledgeable. If you don't follow him, follow him at Brandon Thorne NFL. I pretty much just love everything he tweets. Um, but you have to look at his little highlight reel. I mean, you could go to my Twitter because I retweeted in of – Trent Williams, who just is operating at a level, uh, like Brandon says, imposing his will on the opponents at a rare level. And there are just some clips in here that just look absurd. On one play, he just takes, I don't necessarily know who it is, he just takes an Eagles defensive end and literally throws him aside. Throws this guy onto the ground about five yards away and then turns to look what's going on with the play. Just absolutely disrespectful, throws the guy out of the way and then just kind of nonchalantly turns around and looks to see what the hell's going on behind him. Um, cause the play went the other way. Uh, just operating on another level, folks, like Trent Williams is just something else. I think I said this to KP at one point, if the world suddenly reverted back to not the stone ages, but you know, maybe the, whatever we'll say stone ages, Trent Williams would rule the earth. Like a guy like that is just Absurd, you know, just an, an absurdly strong, big, strong, fast human that, you know, it, it they just don't make them like that very much. So get on Brandon Thorne's Twitter at Brandon Thorne NFL or go to my Twitter and and check out that little highlight clip of Trent Williams against the Eagles. It's unreal. It's unreal. And the 49ers can just feel very, very safe knowing that they have him locked up for a long time because he was worth every single penny. I love it. I love it. Obviously, another standout for the 49ers is Fred Warner, who we all saw that clip on social media when Aaron Aaron Rodgers told Fred Warner after the game, like, hey, man, you're the best. Not just one of the best linebackers, not just the best linebacker in the NFL, but one of the best players in the NFL, and everybody knows it. And that is something coming from Aaron Rodgers, who just always keeps it real, super low-key guy. Uh, and and I feel like Fred Warner is going to play a huge part in this game because if you don't know this, Fred Warner can is a legit 6'3", 240-pound linebacker that can cover receivers just and make it look normal, which is not normal. So he's going to have a big sway in this game. Obviously, the key for the 49ers against the, the, against the Packers is to rush the passer. Stand up against the run and rush the passer. Otherwise, Aaron Rodgers and – Devontae Adams will pick any defense apart. So it'll be I'm, – I'm still just – I know I've said this a few times, but I'm just – I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really not sure what to expect from both of these teams. Um, I do expect a sharper 49ers team than what we've seen the first two weeks. And I say that knowing they looked pretty freaking good against the Lions up until like the last – you know, the, the two-thirds of the fourth quarter. So, you know, I do expect a sharper 49ers team, maybe one with with their their nuts and bolts a little more tightened down. But we'll see. I'm not as confident as I normally am going into a 49ers Packers matchup, um, at least one as of late. But I do think the 49ers will will find a way to make it happen but wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way because a part of me feels like the Packers are just, you know, still evolving into their final form, as you could say, and the 49ers just haven't necessarily given us enough yet to know exactly what they're capable of. It also, in the same regard, could be an absolute asshole. So we'll see. And on the 49ers side, I'm saying, you know, we've seen the 49ers absolutely give it, to the Packers. And this very well could be just another time, but you never know. Every NFL game's different. We've seen that time and time and time again, but Hey, I think that's it for today. Um, I, this is going to be, this should get published on Thursday morning ish. And this will take us all the way until Sunday's game. And I know that Sunday's game is in the evening. Uh, I may jump back on here and pod after the game, um, I will be watching it from a family gathering, so which is kind of annoying, but it is what it is. We'll see if I can jump back in on here and pod directly after the game like we typically do. Um, if not, it'll be Monday, and you guys will be hearing it, on it Tuesday, but I think I'll be able to get on here on Sunday and offer you my reactions to the game, and we'll talk about it we'll talk about it. We'll probably do a, a a mailbag next week. We haven't done one of those in a little while. We haven't done one of those since the start of the season. So, if you uh if you know there's a specific question you want to throw my way, we'll get one of those going next week. Promise. Okay. But hey, I appreciate y'all. Again, like I said earlier, I know we've been uh, we've had some turnover as of late on this pod, and I appreciate everybody who has hung around and stuck with us on Twitter and left us, you know, all kinds of the little comments and messages um, to just tell us, you know, what you think and that we're doing a good job and that, you know, or we're doing a horrible job, (laughs) whatever it is you think it's all freaking good. I just appreciate the fact that you guys are listening to the pod. Make sure you guys are rating, reviewing, subscribing, downloading, all that stuff that that shows up on our spreadsheets that, that lets us know we're doing a good job. So again, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, and of course thank you to KP who was a great great co-host for the couple months that he was allowed that he was allowed to be on here. so shout out to KP but hey for another episode this is Dragon Gold and we're signing out.